Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Phones to silent, doors to cross-check, hold on to your hats. This is Five Yard Rush, your fantasy football podcast, with your hosts, Stocks, Sparky, Murph and Nick. It's a casual nine degrees in the Five Yard Rush studio and I am absolutely freezing. Murph, as always, is just in his fleece. Big man, how you doing? Yeah, good mate, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. Rush Nation, we are back. Tuesday show, cannot wait for this week. Absolute monster coming on Thursday, but as always... Preview, you're going to have to sit and wait out. Yeah, I mean, the last two have definitely delivered. I've had a lot of amazing comments, so enjoy what we've got for you. They were an amuse-bouche, a little taster as to what's going on as we go into the uh, fantasy playoffs. Amuse-bouche, I absolutely love that. So today's show, as you all know now, we've got waivers, news, Murph on the streets, winners and losers... It is just Murph and I. Nick is on a culinary art class for 9 to 5 every day this week. That boy is living his life while he's on Gardens Leave, I tell you. Hashtag living his best life. Yeah. Uh, um, so, wait, so we, let's, let's recap. So in the last sort of four or five weeks, yep. he's been to Japan. Yep. He went skiing. Yep. And now he's doing a culinary art class. Yeah, he's doing... Do we know more about what this culinary art... I mean, is it like you do art with food? No, no. Or is it designing I, food into art? I, I, think I, I, may, I think art may have accidentally been inserted into that. I think he's just doing an intermediate level cookery class. Okay. So, yeah, I I think... I don't know whether he's going to be here later. I know he's coming, but it is nine to five. So whether he'll turn up later on... Nice. So what we should do then is we commit this to tape now so when he listens he realizes he can't back out yeah that he should for next week's pod if he's around or for the next pod he's available for bring in some culinary treats to have used from with his new skills so part of the deal is you get to take home what you cook during the day and seeing as him and my sister are coming to the studio there may well be some goodies (laughs) so Murph massive insight I'll be back next week Yes, hopefully next week. Go find your podcast, download us, give us a little review on iTunes, five stars please, we would really, really appreciate it, help us get out to more people. Definitely. Our interactions are up, followers are up, downloads are up, plays are up, but the more the better. Yeah. So before I start the news, I would just like to send out, it's, you know, December, festive cheer, Murph and I have been having a chat and he's slowly getting into the Christmas spirit. Now Murph isn't one for a huge Christmas, you know... Self-confessed, not the biggest Christmas fan. I'm making the effort this year. But yeah, he's bought himself a couple of Christmas jumpers. Yeah. 
And I thought, you know, Sparky and I started this pod as a bit of a hobby and we enjoyed it, but we were sort not treading, we were treading water and neither of us had the time to commit to social media and, and getting out there. And, and then I said, Sparky said to me, he said, look, I've, I've started my business, so I don't have time. And so I sent a message out to Nick, who was keen, but is globetrotting, so isn't always here. And then Murph said, yeah, I'd love it. And since Murph's come on board, it's been a roller coaster in the right direction. And I've got you a little something to say thank you. Oh, mate, come on. So... I'm just about to pass something to Murph via the desk and I can't see it obviously but when he opens it he will let you know what it is. There is only one stipulation for the duration that you are on the podcast it would be good if it remained in the studio. Okay. So um, yeah I'm now going to pass Murph his gift. Hang I'm on. Bear with me. by this because I've No you had something... no idea. No. no literally none because I I've got something for you but was going to give to you for the Christmas day part. Uh, well, no, this turned up last <laughs> week and I can't I couldn't wait. It's been in my truck the whole time and I thought I've just got to give it to Murph. So it's a box. Yep. And in this box contains It's sort of Oh, mate. That's awesome. That is pretty special. So Murph has just unveiled a Peyton Barber Buccaneers jersey. Signed by the man himself. With? And on number five, it says, fire the cannons. Mate, that's staying in the studio. That is a very, that's an unbelievable gift. So yeah, that, that's my gift to you to say thank you for coming on the pod oh, and, and helping us make it what it is. But I just thought, I was on there and I thought, it says fire the cannons and I, Murph's a Bucks fan, so I have to buy it for him. So yeah, Merry Christmas, big man. Oh mate, that's incredible. Thank you so much. I'm honestly touched. Like that's... I've never really lost for words, but I, I kind of am. That, that's unbelievable. It's oh mate, and you picked the right colour. I like the white jersey a lot. So that's going up on the wall when we get time. In yeah. fact, I'll get a frame for it and we'll put it up. And well, I need to go to IKEA to get a frame for the Bell one and the Corey Davis one. And if one of us accidentally happens to win the Sandejo one over Christmas, <laughs> we can't win it. No, no, that was a joke. <laughs> we won't win the Sandejo one. Um, but yeah, so they are big man. Thank you so much. You're Honestly, welcome. I'm tr- truly touched, and I genuinely no idea that's that's incredible well i'm gonna have to up the ante then for christmas no, no, day no 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 i don't expect anything in return i just you know i wanted to say thank you oh, i appreciate that so let's do some news i'll hit the first bit and that's the raiders have fired general manager reggie mckenzie after seven seasons murph replied on our chat that he's been robbing a living for quite some time no just this season oh okay well no. <laughs> can't backtrack now <sighs> definitely this season because he's not had anything to do so, John Gruden has taken all control. Richard McKenzie's not really been in charge of, of anything. But he's not had a great record as a GM. Um, so, I think it's it's never nice when someone loses their job. But when it's deserved, I have less sympathy. Mm, yeah, that's um, and I don't think he's a good GM. I don't think the Raiders are going to be really upset with him going. At the end of the day, he was kind of just a middleman. Uh, everything goes through... Davis, the owner, and Gruden, so he's just kind of there as a go-between. So it's not going to affect anything day to day. They won't probably replace, or if they do, they'll probably get you know the postman's son involved to probably do the <laughs> job or something. I don't really know. So uh, so yeah, um, not really a big loss to the organisation, but it. I think it, it was definitely going to happen. It was one of those firings I was expecting in a few weeks' time. So I guess I just did it early and just paid him off. Nice, nice. Second bit of news. You might as well do this one. Yeah, so in last night's game, uh, Bobby Wagner for the Seahawks had a very controversial field goal block in a 21-7 win over the Vikings. So the game was 6 nothing with about 6-7 minutes left in the in the fourth quarter. So left in the game, it was an awful game. If uh, anybody hasn't gone and watched it, just, just don't. The five-minute highlights or the three-minute highlights or whatever it is, the, the smallest amount of highlights possible uh, will do. <laughs> I didn't spend lots of time on it. It was a truly dreadful display of of offense good defense from both sides cousins was uh, atrocious and um wilson wasn't much better i think he threw for like 60 yards yeah, on them. i'm just I, looking it up i don't yeah. even know what the stat line was but it was it was very 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 low so the reason it's controversial is and and this kind of leads off from my loser of the week last week when i was talking about officiating i don't think the officiating 
got any better this week. But this this call was a joke. So I mean, if you've not seen it, I'll try and describe it, and it will be used as a showreel for me to try and get a job as a commentator in life play. So uh, <laughs> Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner he leapt over two of his own defensive linemen and the opposing Viking blockers, and he ran forward towards um, Dan Bailey, and he blocked the attempt. Now they threw a flag on the play, and when you looked at it on the replay it appeared that Wagner had placed his hands on both of his own linemen and made contact with one of the Minnesota linemen to sort of free himself up and elevate himself so under the rules of the game it's called leverage on a field goal attempt and it constitutes a 15 yard penalty hence why the flag went in but the referee Brad Allen and his crew ruled that there was no infraction so when Mike Zimmer was in the post game afterwards and asked if uh, if Allen offered any explanation for the for the no call, he told reporters, "I don't know. They didn't tell me. I just asked if I could challenge, and they said no." <laughs> Which I think surely he's got to be able to challenge any play at any time. But apparently, he wasn't allowed to challenge. So very suspect. It's it's a very clear infraction, and it was a very crucial part of the game because the the Vikings had just gone down the end on their previous possession and they've been stuffed on the goal line on fourth down so they didn't get anything and if they kick this well first of all if the penalty gives them a first goal it's a first and goal and it's in a 6 nothing game with 6 minutes to go so it changes the outcome which for the Seahawks it's fine because they're, they're really cementing that 5th seed but the Vikings are in 6th and they're only half game ahead of everyone else Yeah. so they get eliminated from the playoffs so there's going to be general you know really questionable feedback on this game as to why that's happened because they with that penalty they could easily go ahead it's not beyond the realms of possibility that they go ahead in that game and if Ansel Bart swings around about any given Sunday it all kind of evens up I don't know it's a bad call full stop and when someone's flagged it and it's not been given I just don't like it it reeks of interference somewhere and I feel bad you know I feel bad for the Vikings and I don't the Seahawks it tarnishes their win for me massively yeah could not agree more. Uh, something's just popped on my sleeper app, and that is that the Bills look to get Isaiah McKenzie more work as the slot receiver. He's had four catches in back-to-back weeks, two rushing TDs, and yeah, if you're real desperate <laughs> at wide receiver, Isaiah McKenzie might not be a terrible move. Really? <laughs> well, I'm just saying, you know, deep leagues, if you're, if you're in a real deep league and you scrape the playoffs but you've got no wide receivers, why not give it a go? Make sure you get Say Jones or Robert Foster. Yeah, but if this guy's got touch and running... I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> there's another name out there. Fair. Oh, Stephen Hauschka is on the shelf after taking a vicious and questionable hit during Sunday's loss to the Jets. The Bills kick his day-to-day with a hip injury after being blasted to the turf by Jets defensive end Henry Anderson. Blocked field goal attempt uh, just before half-term, half-time. And uh, Bills coach Sean McDormand has told reporters that it's a shame that Stephen took the hit he did. There's no place on our game for plays like that. I haven't seen the play personally. It, it's awful. Is it? It's basically... So Hauschka's... There's nothing wrong with the block punt, no, the block field goal. Very legitimate. Nothing wrong with the play. The play is the play. What happens afterwards is Hauschka is running off and the defensive end um, has... I don't know why I'm laughing. It's horrible. He <laughs> he's, he's literally like... It's a real cheap shot. He's running and he's dropped his elbow and he's just barged into him and just knocked him over. And he's fallen funny on his hip because he's not expecting the hip. So it's just a cheap shot. It's off the, it's off, you know, it's off the place finished. Hauschka's just jogging off, minding his own business. He's probably destroyed the fact he's missed a field goal. Um, and then he's just getting whacked. And it's just such a stupid thing. It's a sh- and I, I, I'm noticing in the NFL there's more of these late hits. Um, overly aggressive hits I mean there's just, there was no reason for this and I, if I'm McDermott I'm, I'm annoyed because Hauschka's one of the very best he has been for a very long time and really probably cost him the game you know four points a decent place kicker there is, is the difference don't forget you don't have a second one active so it was their punter that was taking the opportunities in the second half so yeah I don't there's no place for it is there no there's no place for it it's, it's cheap and I hope he gets a suspension um, for his antics because it's affected the game, and and he'll look at it and go, "Well, great job done, you know. I've got my team a win here, but it's it's not the way you want to win." No, 
Certainly not. Now, the Rams, frozen Chicago, losing 15-6. It looked cold. I don't know what the official Celsius was, but I think it was around 20 degrees Fahrenheit or something. Yeah, so below freezing here. Um, yeah, brr. Cold, but not, not, not as cold as you'll see Chicago in the playoffs. No, that's very true. I mean, and yeah, Gurley was non-existent in a game which needed a run, a run-heavy offense just because throwing in that sort of conditions is trickier. It's trickier, trickier to catch. There's more moisture in the air because it's cold. Condensation, it's harder to catch. And um, yeah. I mean, it's the same for both teams. Chicago's, I guess, preparing it. And uh, I think I think saying the weather was the only reason is a bit harsh. There's all this narrative that Goff can't play in the cold and he likes the warm. I think it's just lazy analysis. Yep. I think Goff didn't play well the week before. It's, something has happened from that huge monster game that they won. They went on by, killed momentum. He wasn't very good against the Lions. There wasn't anything to do with the weather there. Like, it wasn't as bad as he was in this game. But I think sometimes you just got to credit. It was great scheming, great play calling. They just got in the faces and they just didn't like it. And McVeigh just, just got out-schemed. Yep. Just got out-schemed. I don't, you know, I don't think the, the, the weather was that much. I mean, got through four picks. You could argue that maybe one or two of those... But they don't change the result of the game for me. I think Chicago were very worthy winners. Yeah, they looked by far the better team in the conditions. And like you said, they definitely out-schemed the Rams. They've laid the tape to everybody else, not just in the NFC side of the playoffs, but to to anybody. And, and it's a big loss for the Rams because if the Saints win out now, the Saints get home advantage. Yeah. So it's a big loss, but it's also the wrong time to be starting to put awful performances. That's two together. Okay, they, they scrape past the Lions, but... You, you don't really they can't afford to lose another game because no. I can't see the Saints losing two I think as well it's just shown that a real good top five defence can stop any team I mean we saw in the Ravens Chiefs game that the Chiefs were lucky to come away with the dub there and the Ravens alright they gave up points but they got to Mahomes a lot they caused trouble I mean the Mahomes past the hill was literally just a toss down the field and Hill happened to be fast enough to get to it yeah. there's no scheme in that and Mahomes is on the run and Hill's off his route and, and he's just tracking across the field and he happens to be there I think you know with the pass interference call there that could have been at the end of the game gives Justin Tucker a chance to tie it up yeah 100% I think and I think with with this people are saying oh offence now offence will forever be different and, and it, it will be in today's NFL there's not going to be as many shutouts yes okay we had one last week with Andrew Luck and that was just a, a terrible game all round but I think it's not about necessarily the points, it's the huge plays. And you take that 54-51 win for the Rams, they won that game actually on defence. The, the the stops that they made, big interceptions at big time, strip sacks, two defensive touchdowns, I mean, that's what contributed to the victory. And that's what defence is going to be from now on. Occasionally you'll have games like this where you'll shut a big offence to a low score. But it was all the plays they made, the turnovers, the interceptions, the sacks, the pressures, which are massively under-talked this year. And I think that's what's key, is that when you're trying to build your, your defence, if you're giving up 300, 400 yards a game, it doesn't matter anymore. It's even giving up 10, 15, 18 points. doesn't really matter. It's can you make the the plays at the necessary times to win the game? And that's that's what the Bears continue to do through this season. They have made big plays at big times when they've not played well. The, the, one of the only times they didn't do it was week one. Yeah. But they've learned from it. They sure have. And they could beat anybody, I think. They've, their defense is so good. So good. I think, you know, they they have got, I think they've got the deed to stop the Chiefs. The Saints will be, they'll need to have their best game to beat the Saints. And we saw that on Sunday against the Buccaneers. The Saints did not start well, but second half. Drew Brees was Drew Brees. A better team beats them. The Saints. Yeah, a better team on on Sunday's performance, and oh. they're coming off the back of the Cowboys' um, performance. They got a lot of help in that game, and I'll get onto it uh, later on. But you know, for me, the Saints and, and the Rams are going a bit off the boil here in the last two weeks at just the wrong time, and I don't think they can get caught for a bye. I think they're just the they're, they're two games ahead of Chicago with three to play, so. Imagine that Chicago will lock the three seed and will go on and and have a home game in the in the wild card round, and then we'll probably go to one of those two teams. But I tell you what, we've seen the blueprint now that you can beat either the Saints and the Rams, and I'm not as as quick to run to the bookies and say 
right, put your money on them. I mean, I don't go to the bookies anyway, but I'm saying if I did, <laughs> that that yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be racing just yet. I think the the, the Bears are in with a real chance this year of doing something. It wouldn't shock me if they got there. Wouldn't at all. No, same. I've seen that on Sundays. Absolutely could well be the case. Moving on to another Super Bowl favourite, the New England Patriots. They've missed a chance to win the AFC East by losing to the Dolphins, thanks to the Miami Miracle. I presume everybody in the NFL stratosphere has seen this, but if you haven't, what do you do on your own 30 with seven seconds to play? Throw the ball to Kenny Stills, I think, who threw it to... Parker. Parker, who then tossed it to Kenyon Drake who then got a couple of nice blocks from members upfield and then made a mockery of Rob Gronkowski in the red zone and just ran into the pylon for... It was unreal. I watched it live as well and I couldn't believe it. I was with Nick and we were having Sunday roast and we both just looked at each other with mouths aghast. Like, did that actually just happen? But yeah, It's a crazy play, but that, that says a lot to me about New England in the fact that there is some severe decline for a Bill Belichick team to allow that play to happen says to me that there is... I don't know why Gronk's out there. No one knows. Not even Bill Belichick knows why Gronk's out there. I could name 10 players I'd have had out there except Gronk. You've got a guy with a bad back, bad ankles, and whatever other injuries he's carried this year, and you're going to put him out there for that? Nah, don't be stupid. Like, it's just daft. I just think there's, 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 there's something there that suggests... And Brady had a great game. For the first time in weeks, he had a very, very, very good game. Yep. And he's unfortunate to... But, Crazy things happen whenever Brady goes to Miami. It, every year, I think he's lost three in a row there. Yeah, they're like five of their last six or something. Yeah, I called Miami it last year. I said last year in a group, and everyone looked at me because the Patriots was just unbelievable. I said they'll they'll lose to Miami. They just will because it's what they do every year. It's what happens. And it's just another sign that just crazy trends just happen. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So the Saints, we mentioned them earlier. They've clinched the NFC South for the second successive year, and it's the first time in franchise history that they've done it back to back. And they beat your Bucks 28-14. It was a pretty miserable day down in Tampa. Um, weather-wise, yeah. First half wasn't. Um, yeah, you blew my phone up several times. Really. <laughs> well, I, I, we, we, you can't have a better first half than that, other than we missed the chance to go 17-3 ahead at half-time with a missed field goal, which isn't anything new in Tampa. And Lots of excuses about the weather and the turf and difficult, and it was 46 yards. I don't care paid enough money you should be making those kicks um, then he misses a 40 yard one at the start of the second half and then they block a punt and all of a sudden the game's away but the, the play calling was was diabolical and I wrote an article for All32 this week um, you did not send me the link oh Earth, come on we're on sorry. communication here <laughs> sorry man <laughs> I wrote an article saying why I want uh, Dirt to go and it's purely because there's a it, it's a talented football team there's talented people on there um, it's a good roster, not not the best in the NFC, but it's a it's one that can compete. But that team doesn't know how to win. It's 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 a talented team, but it's not a good team because they don't know how to win games and win from that situation. And that's why the Saints are a little bit lucky for me to listen. They won the division, it, it, regardless of whether it's this week, next week. They, they'd win the division. They were going to get the bye regardless, but. This has opened up the one seed to them and people in LA won't be very happy with the way the Buccaneers finished the game. No, none whatsoever. The Chiefs have also clinched a playoff berth with a 27-24 lucky win over the Ravens. Andy Reid has called Pat Mahomes the best ever game yet. He was incredible. Um, he was pretty good. Um, his no-look pass across the field was unnecessary but flashy and I enjoyed it. I think it's part of what he is. That's why he's showtime, right? It's- yeah. People are there condemning it. No, I don't think I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, if you can do it, and why the hell not? You're firing lasers for fun. Go do your thing. Be Pat Mahomes, and I, I just think with the Ravens, you know, uh, Jackson should have got rid of the ball. Strip sack. They recovered the ball, and unfortunately, they then missed the kick. The Chiefs, Bucker did not have a good day. I think he missed three field goals. Yeah, he missed a couple. But yeah, Jackson got reprimanded by that. Had a chance to move the. I mean, you've got Justin Tucker. I, I I was willing them to allow Justin Tucker to just... I think he's, he says himself he's got a 75-yard field goal in him. Give him a shot. Like, when you're level, if, if you'd have got level, give him a shot to win it at 75 yards. What's, if you take a timeout with three seconds to go and, he, and they can't return it, then what, what have you lost? You've lost nothing because you're going to OT anyway. So they can return it. So yeah, but if, if, if he's short. If he's short. 
but if he, I think he would probably be long. I don't think he would be short. I think it would be the accuracy at that distance which would get him. I, d- I don't know. I think you, when you've got players on the, I think against most teams, I'd agree with you. I think if you're playing against a team that isn't, that hasn't got great runners or people with electric speed, I think yeah, I'd look at the Buccaneers and if say that happened next week, they're playing the Buccaneers next week on their own patch all day long because the Buccaneers haven't returned one for a TD in what feels like 108 years. So, fine. Yeah, I, I but suppose, when you've got Tyreek Hill... Yeah, you don't want him standing under the goalpost catching a short one, do you? That's, that's the issue. I don't, it, yeah, I don't know. Maybe. But I think, yeah, I, I think it... I do think, though, if they weren't in playoff contention, they might have done. I'd love to see it. Just for him to just have a go and just step up there and win it from 75 yards and just... But it'd be the most Chiefs thing ever for them to get that ball if it's short and to run it back. It would, it would. So I can kind of see the logic on it. I think if if that happened this week, which it won't, but if it did, I'd, I'd imagine they'd go for it. I do, I do definitely think that the, the Tyreek Hill Chiefs record of returning kickoffs for touchdowns put them off. Yeah, no, that's yeah, good point, good point. I'll tell you what, New England, if Brady, if you're thinking of moving on, go and get... Oklahoma's Kyler Murray on oh, no, a wait a second you can't he's not going to play football he's going to play for the Oakland A's yep Oakland A's yeah uh, but he did win the Heisman Trophy on Sunday uh, Saturday, Sunday Saturday night I think it would have been yeah sorry it was after the Army Navy game yeah um, yeah so he won that so well done Kyler Murray I think it was the first time in a few years a long time actually the three quarterbacks had made it to the final yeah first time in a number of years that that's happened there's always a uh... Uh, there's always someone different in there, running back, wide receiver, or some defensive players. But yeah, it's a, it's a true honor. I think the right person said it on the podcast last week. The right person did win the award, and um, it's a shame we won't see him. But you know, there's some things that go against him. His height is, you know, he's five ten, very short for a quarterback. Yep. I just and the money he already signed four million dollars, and the fact that he could easily be getting ten fifteen million dollars to go and play baseball which isn't physically difficult. We talked about this last week, so I won't rehash. But versus for him to try and get that money at the quarterback position, I don't think he gets drafted as a first-round prospect due to his height. So he's making the right decision for himself. Yeah, and I, I think I, if someone gave me that decision, as much as I love the NFL over baseball, um, then fair enough. I think, yeah, take what's easy. Yeah. So pod favourite Mark Sanchez <laughs> got benched in Sunday's 40-16 loss to the Giants. Sanchez finished with a pretty shocking stat line of 6 for 14, 38 yards and 2 INTs. Sat five times with a quarterback rating of 1.1. Yeah, so <laughs> talked about Russell Wilson earlier. Russell Wilson only actually threw for 72 yards, no touchdowns. And that finished with seven fantasy points. So if you played him on Sunday, that's tough. I benched him for Jameis. I didn't play him Sunday. Do you know why? Because I was on a bye. But we won't get into that. I <laughs> <Good laughs> think you were on a bye. Yeah, if was... you played me last week, you'd have lost. What? If you went on the bye and you and me played last week... Are you, in that sure, fight, are you 100% sure? Yeah. 100%. Well, I, I ended up with just short of 200 points. I, well, I scored 185, I think. Yeah. And I had Melvin Gordon and AJ Green in my team. Ooh. <laughs> well, let's do the maths. Let's find out. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so while you do that, I'll talk about the race for number one pick. So in a weekend where both teams, the 49ers and the Cardinals, could have done... No, the Raiders, sorry. The 49ers and the Raiders could have done with losing. They both won. <laughs> the 49ers beat my Broncos, who were just awful. The Raiders beat the Steelers, who were without Big Ben for a portion of the game. And it now means that they join the Cardinals on 3-10. and 10. Uh, It also brings the Jets, Jags and Falcons into play for the number one pick. So put the names in a hat, pull them out and tell me who you think is going to be the number one pick. I haven't looked at the schedules and stuff. I still expect it to be the 49ers. Yeah, I... I... It's strange that all these teams kept losing or kept winning when you think actually. I, I really. I, it's part of me that thinks that maybe John Gruden was attempting to lose that game a little bit. You know, it would have gone to overtime had Boswell not slipped. It's just one of those freak of nature things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think. And then I think the Steelers win that in overtime. I think. I think you might have been secretly a little bit gutted that he won that game because they would have been in pole position. Um, I think the. I think the Raiders get another win. So, it, for me, it's down to the 49ers and, and the Cards. Right. I think the Cardinals are the worst team, but the 49ers have had the easier schedule. So, I, I've just dragged up our Dynamic Dynasty scoreboard. Yeah, I saw that you won. I was about to mention yeah, it. So, I scored 187 on bye week, playing nobody. Murph scored 186, and I had Melvin Gordon and AJ Green in my lineup, but scoring zeros. So, I would have just pipped you, big man. And to be fair, 
I am going to play you next week in the semi-final of our Dynasty League. We are playing in the semi-final, so at least one of us will be in the final of our Dynasty League. Yeah. We also, you made the top four of our Listener League. Did I? Yeah. I the top, did I squeak in? You, well, you, you got in on merit. Um, I'm still in. Yeah, no, I mean, you got in on merit. I think you got through with uh, a game clear. Maybe nice. You at least won, if not maybe two so games. So who's the final four in the Listener League? It's you, me, James McInnes, and Steve Hanley. Oh, well, you're yeah, seeded four and got Steve. I oh man, he got I, good team. <laughs> I lost. I lost four straight going. In. Was it three or four straight going in? It, my, I lost my last three or four in that league due to some injuries and the Saints just not performing, and have slipped to th- third. I was second and then slipped to third, which is irrelevant because I still play the same team, so it's not a problem. So yeah, we made the final four of that. So and we're in different halves of the draw for that. So if you win and I win, then we can have a. Five yard rush final in our listener league, which will probably make a lot of people very unhappy. No, 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 no. That's just, you know, come play against us. <laughs> Expect us to bring our A game, Russian Nation. That's true. I'm also in the final four of the OG dynasty as well. And had the final been last week, I would have smashed absolutely everybody. <laughs> so the trend of that normally means next week I'll play like terror. Oh, just everyone might turn up. That's it. But yeah, so. Aaron Rodgers breaks the record for most consecutive pass attempts without an INT. This is a ridiculous number of pass attempts. 359 attempts. Broke Tom Brady's 2010 record of 358. And he's not thrown an interception since week four. That streak's still going, so I don't know what the actual number is. It's over 359. I looked everywhere for this and couldn't find it. It's, it's, I think it's a number around... It's in the 360s, if not the very low 370s now. But he still hasn't thrown a pick. So the streak is still going. So he could realistically, if he doesn't throw a pick in the next game, get very, very close to 400. That would be insane. It's mad. So We've got some quick injury news. Murph, we're going to have to rattle through these because we are, like normal, taking more time (laughs) because we're chatting. So most importantly, this week, Chargers running backs Melvin Gordon with an MCL sprain and Austin Eckler with his neck are both doubtful for Thursday night football. Uh, Raps just reported, hasn't he? That he's just tweeted out that yeah, he's just tweeted out from some of the um, that it looks very unlikely that both of these players will will play. Eckler's also in concussion protocol um, as well, so it looks like it's going to be Justin Jackson. Which, if you've read our article and listened to us last week, you should have him. If you don't, go and check because he might still be there. Correct. Um, I know he's there in two of my leagues, which I've made the semi-final win. Big. So yeah, it's not the exam in surely. No, 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 no. Just in random ESPN ones that I'm doing with Josh. I was about to dump him in my before that game in my in the Dynasty League for somebody else, and I've cancelled that request to keep him. Good move. <laughs> <laughs> Corey Clement, as Eagles running back, is out with a knee injury. Uh, they bought somebody in. This I've seen that they bought somebody in for trials. I didn't see that. Yeah, I don't know who it is off the top of my head. Apologies. Uh, LaShawn McCoy did not return after suffering a hammy injury in the first quarter against the Jets. I think he scored you 0.3 PPR points. Standard. That's just McCoy all season. Yeah, and Chris If he's still Ivory. in your squad, you should have dropped him. I told, uh, in our listener league, the Steel Steel guy, he picked him up because he had a good matchup. Yeah, because I dropped him. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> he picked him up, bless him, and he almost beat Steve. I don't actually know if he did or not. Steve had a terrible week. But yeah, he had he have played other people, and I saw. Oh my god, I'm so sorry. I told you to pick Shady up, and he's he's not got off. <laughs> the reason I dropped him, folks, you didn't know he was going to get injured, Murph. No, but he wasn't going to score a lot of points. Yeah, but more, more than zero point three would have been nice. <laughs> Depending how much more he needed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jordan Reed suffered a foot injury against the Giants, and is probably unlikely to play for the rest of the season. I don't think he will anyway. Nope. Uh, Texans wide receiver DeAndre Carter has. Never heard of him. Exited with a concussion against the Colts. Jets running back Isaiah Crowell suffered a foot injury and did not return against the Bills. Fire up your Elijah Maguires. Detroit Lions wide receiver Bruce Ellington did not return after suffering a hamstring injury. I don't know if that means anything for the Lions because they're pretty poor at the moment. Cortland Sutton exited against San Francisco. Did he really? He did. That's why he killed me absolutely everybody. That's why he killed you. Pittsburgh Steelers are taking a cautious approach with James Connor. That means he could miss multiple weeks before returning. He's being re-evaluated as of yesterday. Yeah. So he got re-evaluated, but no news as of yet. No. There's a chance he may miss the AFC showdown with the Patriots, which would be bad news for the Steelers, good news for Jalen Samuels' owners. Well, they only scored you around 11 points this week, so that's not perfect. No. One of your boys fire those cannons. Deshaun Jackson is still out with a hand injury. He I may don't, not play I don't expect him to come back. There's too much going on. I think he leaves... So I cannot see 
yeah, cannot see that happening. And we so. talked about it a couple of weeks ago with him going to New York for a second. Anything important, or you just no, no, no? Just... I just I found that the Eagles are expected to sign RB Boston Scott That's the off one. the Saints practice squad, and Clement's injury means he's expected to miss time. So, according to rap sheet, cool. Big Ben left the game in the loss to the Raiders with a rib injury, missed most of the second half. Roethlisberger said he assumes he'll play next Sunday against the Patriots. Expect, I imagine, he will just because it's against the Patriots and they need the win. Yeah, Tannehill suffered a right ankle injury that left him with a limp after the game. He valiantly fought through it in the second half, but said after the game that he feels like, I suppose it's a quote, so he feels like crap. Yeah. <laughs> Swelling, uh, we'll see you during the IR report this week, but it could be Brocktober all over again. Have you seen the crazy stat that Tannehill hasn't lost in his last eight or nine Dolphins games? No, I knew he was unbeaten when he went out injured, but I didn't know he hadn't lost since. No. Wow. Play <laughs> <laughs> <Great> Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> He might be the worst ever good luck charm a team has ever had. That, yeah, that is very true. <laughs> <laughs> well, it worked on Sunday, didn't it? Well, yeah. So Titans are having a terrible season and the Titans have lost Jonu Smith to an MCL injury. He was blocking on Derek Henry's ridiculous 99-yard touchdown. He'll be lost for the rest of the season and reserve tight end Anthony Frisker will take his place. Uh, Frisker is perfect in 16 receptions of 16 targets so far this season. Is he in our list? He's in our list, is he not? No. You've got another Titans tight end in no. our list. Are you sure? I have a Carolina tight end. I think I might have him in my list, uh, which we're going to get to right now. You do have him in your I list. I do have him. I knew I had one, and I, I knew I had him. I yeah. don't know why I doubted myself. Fair enough. Oh, Murph, you might as well start us off, bud. Quarterback. Lined it up again, Josh Allen. Second week in a row. Once again, he went over 100 yards. Um, second time in three games and that third game he ran for 99 yards due to kneeling uh, he's averaging 112 yards in that time he is only 5 TDs to 4 interceptions in those games which hey at least it's still positive that's positive fantasy points when you work it out um, it's 2 fantasy no it's not it depends, on, it depends on your league but yeah, yeah it generally tends to be half the points for yeah. a touchdown for interception so he should in theory be in your league be 10 positive points up from those from those plus 10 10 points a game from his you know, rushing aspects, and I think that's. And they're playing the Lions next, so for me, he's a hugely startable option. Now, the Lions do have Stax Harrison; he does stop the run, but at the end of the day, Josh Allen's proven he can run against anybody. I think uh, I'm looking at quarterbacks. I think there's a lot of bad matchups out there. This is one of the ones I think I'd go for. Uh, I said it last week. There's the debate: would you start him or Jackson? Jackson's got a bit of a knock watch him if Jackson's free then yeah of course I'd, I'd go that way but uh, I, I do think Josh Allen from a fantasy perspective not from a real life perspective is a very startable option for your team and just how great would it be if you won your fantasy semi-finals with Josh Allen yeah so a little point on that I was listening to a decent podcast earlier that was talking about not playing people that you think are going to win new fantasy playoffs but play people that are going to win your fantasy playoffs. So don't get drawn in by the big names, i.e. the Matt Ryans and the people like that. When Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, people like that are on the waivers and they will win you games. And they have very safe flaws. So if you're in a matchup where you're looking at someone like a Baker Mayfield who has been good this season and had another good game at the weekend, not the best fantasy-wise, but not terrible, I'm looking at flaws and I'm thinking, well... If Allen's going to rush for 100 yards there or thereabouts, because he's just broken the record for the most rushing yards in three games ever in the NFL. Well, wow. um, In the Super Bowl era. Not Michael Vick, not anyone else. It's Josh Allen. So I'm thinking Josh Allen is going to be good for at least double digits purely on the rushing alone. Yeah. And he's got a cannon of an arm. It's not like Lamar Jackson where he can't throw the ball. No, he can't as well. I concede that Lamar Jackson cannot throw a football. But he what he conceded can do, that point. Yeah, because I watched it on Sunday and he was terrible. Absolutely terrible. But, you know, uh, I, as I, Rich King said a couple of weeks ago, or last week. Yeah, last week. Last week. He doesn't need to. He runs so much like Josh Allen that those are going to be double-digit points. And but, that, Yeah, and that's why for me I had the argument with, with King on the interview that I, for me, would have Allen because... He is someone that has got the same sort of rushing potential. He's got more. He's rushed more than Lamar Jackson, but has the arm strength. And he's not thrown that many interceptions. Like, it's one a game. I swallow that for the upside. I think he's huge upside. If you're in a league where you're trailing by 20 points, I'm starting him over people like Jameis Winston, uh, Matt Ryan, 
um, Matt Stafford, Matt Stafford, Russell Wilson. These are all the team. All these those quarterbacks alone. I'm starting Josh Allen over. Yeah, I mean, you would have drafted Russell Wilson pretty high, but you can't play him. He was you, like quarterback two, quarterback three off the board. Yeah, he yeah. led fantasy in points last year. Yeah. So you can't play him. He's literally. Unpl- I mean, they play San Francisco. Well, that, I'd, I'd say I'd fire him up this week because there is an element they're playing the 49ers, but they might also go off the gas and they might pull him because they're close to a clinching situation. Yeah, I mean, they did play the San Francisco 49ers two weeks ago and he put 185 and four tutties on the board with a cool 32.8 fantasy points, but he can also give you seven. We'll see. Yeah. Murph is absolutely... I'm going to have to take that shirt back, mate. You've absolutely murdered me on the podcast list here. My waivers are only half on it. That's what you sent me. No, it's not. Uh, it can't possibly be because the, my whole list is actually in the weekly waiver section. So you've only cut and pasted half of my... So come on, hand it back. Pass it back over. Where is it? It's not there because you haven't added it to the podcast notes. Two seconds. <laughs> it don't, I don't need it. I've got my waivers in front of me. My quarterback this week is Derek Carr. I was laying in the bath last week having a chat with Murph, not whilst I was in the bath, via the phone. And we were deciding who to play in my severely deep two quarterback league. And I went with Derek Carr. And boy, did he go off. Through for 322 yards and a pair of touchdowns against the Steelers, in which I won that matchup and have made the playoffs. So, booyah. Yeah, he takes on Kansas City. Um, yeah, he almost threw three touchdowns and 300 yards two weeks ago, and Kansas City defense can be thrown on and run on, and they're only going to outscore you by a couple. So, I don't think Carl's a terrible, like we just said. Play the people who are going to win it, not the people you think are going to win it. And I think if you plug Carr in this week against Kansas City, you will not be disappointed. Not Kansas City this week, they're playing the Chargers. Really? Oh, no, yeah, sorry. They play Kansas City. Okay, he threw three TDs and got close to 300 yards against Kansas City, and he's playing the Chargers. So He can't be playing the Chargers. You just said they're playing the Chargers. No, the Chiefs are playing the Chargers. No, the, the uh, Raiders are playing the Bengals. There you go. Yeah, that's been terrible. I'm not even going to edit that out because I want you to know we're all human here at Rush Nation. I've uh, updated the uh, podcast. Thanks very much. So yeah, Carl takes on the Bengals who are even worse than the Kansas City Chiefs (laughs) defence. And I do think that they could, for some reason, the Raiders have decided to play football for the last couple of games. And they're not terrible and Carl against the Bengals could be useful. I'm going to keep him in my lineup. I mean, that is the, the league's worst Defense. defense. We've been talking about Tampa's being really bad for a long time, but they've sort of improved recently. So yeah, I would say uh, the Bengals is probably the worst you'll you'll get out there. Yeah. So Murph, we're we're forty one and a half minutes in now. I don't think there's much editing to be done. Um, in fact, I don't think there's any. No pauses as of yet. Do we do a couple of do we do a couple less and get to the winners and losers of Murph on the streets, or do we just pound the waivers? Um, we could I'm, do winners and losers on Thursday. Yeah, either that. We just see where we are. I think we pound through because this is an important week. I'd rather get the no doubt full list out. So All right, cool. So my second quarterback is Nick Mullins. Now I know what you're thinking. That's a terrible choice, but he seems to have found George Kittle, <laughs> who destroyed me in four playoff games this year. This week, uh, I got Kittled. I know quite a few people will have done as well, but he's gone over 300 yards in the last few weeks. Destroyed the Broncos, and I just think there's worse people out there. Yeah, I think what what he again. You're looking at quarterback there, a very safe floor. Uh, he did find Kittle. He had another good game. He's sneakily putting up a lot of yards, garbage yards. So yeah, they might be, but I think no yards are yards. Yards, yards are yards in fantasy. I think he's he's been surprisingly pretty good. Uh, I think the only really bad game he had was against the Buccaneers. So I think he will continue to be an option. It's a very thin wire out there for quarterbacks and. Yeah, I, I definitely would consider someone like him if if I'm really short and thin. But it's that you've got to weigh up who you've already got. Yeah. And look at the matchups. The one thing I, I don't like about Mullins is his matchup against Sam that Brown. Seahawks D. They've yeah. just put Kirk Cousins to the sword. So. But Mullins had a good game. Mullins did have a good game no, against Sam Fran a couple of weeks ago. He What did he score? It's right here. Uh, 414 yards, two touchdowns, and a cool 24.7 fantasy points. Yeah. And he now takes them on at home, so that's an even better matchup for him. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think if, if the Seahawks get up early, if, if Russell Wilson has a similar day, I think it's almost the game script there is he needs to be quite a bit behind and just be given the, the leash just to go. So There's also the risk of this being a 7-7 squib, isn't there, though? A little bit. So that's the only sort of concern I would have, but I think he's a better play than a lot of people out there, people that are looking at Matt Stafford's and... Um, Sam Darnold's and uh, a few other sort of quarterbacks I'd say that it depends how thin you really are but I don't think it's the worst play you can make no 
So let's move on to running back. I'm going to do one quickly because I've got it in front of me. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned with the Richard King interview the other day, I broke the news to him, which was pretty funny about <laughs> Malcolm Brown being out for the season. Um, so go get John Kelly. Todd Gurley's backup, handcuff, whatever you want to call him. I just think if you've now got a space into the playoffs, you're not, you're not going to be playing the people on your bench. You're going to be playing your starting lineups. And if you can grab Malcolm Brown, no, John Kelly, sorry. John Kelly. Um, yeah, if you can grab John Kelly for free, essentially, at the moment, go get him. I think as well, I think especially more for next week, because if the Rams are in this position where they cannot afford to lose another game in order to get the number one by, and I think if they do end up losing a game this week, I'm not saying it's going to happen, it's probably unlikely, Then I and the Saints win, which is quite likely, yep. then I would sit there and go, I don't think the Rams are going to put much more in because they'll just take the second seed because I don't think they can take two games with two games to go over the Saints. So They could uh, just play their reserves, essentially. In week 16, and that would really kill Gurley owners. So, something to consider. Uh, where do I own Gurley? Oh, only in the Epsom League, and I'm not going to make the final. I have not made the playoffs in that. Well, we've got the losers' playoffs coming up. Yeah, but I'm, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm only in it to win it. No, I've got a, I've got a couple of running backs. So my first one is uh, Damian Williams. So he didn't have a great show on Week 14. Normally, you're picking players who are banging form, but he did get two touchdowns, and I think that's really what's key. Didn't have too many. I mean, he got 30 yards compared to where's 129, but where he's injured. Um, it's a, there is every chance that Ware doesn't line up. And if Ware doesn't line up, Damian Williams is RB1 in a in a Saints offense against the Seahawks. No charges. The Chargers, not the Seahawks. I've got the Seahawks on the brain after that uh, chat with Russell Wilson and defenses. So against the, the Chargers, and you know that's going to be a slugfest on Thursday night football. That is That ball is flying everywhere, and he's useful in the passing game as well. So... Oh, there's a couple of running, but like you're gonna have to, especially over here in Britain, you're gonna have to plug your running back in before you go to bed. I mean, the majority of people can't stay up for the Thursday night game. No, so you're gonna have to watch the IR real careful on Thursday daytime for us and see if anybody has like, especially if where I don't expect Gordon to play. I don't e- think Gordon and Eckler play, no. so I think. But with where, especially watch the Chiefs IR report on Thursday. See who practiced. See see who got the majority of the snaps in practice and if Ware doesn't practice in full I don't expect him to go Thursday night No, and also don't forget they just signed Jandrick West and I think Williams will be in a slight committee but the passing game is where he gets the benefit so I don't think he's getting 20 touches but I do think he gets receptions and he does get touchdowns so that for me is, is one to definitely waivers are done on a Tuesday or Wednesday morning so therefore he's one you've got to pick up the other one is Elijah Maguire so we talked about him, 30% owned. Uh, you've been banging the drum, we've been banging the drum together since he came back. Um, bit inconsistent at times, but Crowell left, uh, Crowell left the game with a toe injury. And um, as a result, it looks like he's probably not going to play this week against the Texans. And if he doesn't, then Maguire is, is going to be the bell cow. He'll be on nearly every down. He will. He's good in the, in the passing game as well. He's someone you can definitely plug into your lineups. This is a great ad. Just because I think they'll, if if Crowell is anywhere less than a hundred percent, they've got nothing to play for. They're just not going to play. No. So and okay, the Texans is a sneaky good D, but um, I think he, all the more reason why they would try and stretch with long drives on the run game, try and keep it tight, and then when they need to throw it, there haven't been that many receivers on that team. Robbie Anderson broke out last week again after being missing for weeks, and I think he's going to be someone that they might do some screen passes and get some yards. After after the catch kind of thing, so definitely an ad there yeah, for me. That at all. I've got Kenneth Dixon as a running back as well. Dixon was pretty disappointing on Sunday. One reception for 21 yards. He did, however, turn eight carries into 59 yards and was on the field in overtime instead of Gus the Bus, which could be telling and it may well turn into a timeshare. If Joe Flacco returns under centre, I think that's better for Dixon because they'll move away from the run-heavy game. And Do you? Yeah, Dixon is a, more of a catching back. So I think they'll use him out of the backfield and Flacco can check down to him and bits and bobs like that. See, I think the opposite. I think if Flacco's in, I really like Gus the Bus. Because I think they will run the ball and you don't have the quarterback that will run the ball. Yeah. So no, I think well, he gets more... It's interesting. I, I like both of them. I think they're yeah. both reasonable plays to keep an eye on as the week goes through and you make an argument, but... I think Dixon, regardless of who the quarterback is, because of that passing threat, is going to be involved. Yeah, I mean, they're currently fourth in the league in rushing average at 
134.5 yards a game, um, and that's only it, without that's Jackson under centre for what now four games. So with Jackson under centre, that average would have been ridiculously high over the last four games. Yeah, it'd be touching 200 yeah. in, in games. So. so any Ravens running back, I think you can play in the flex at, pretty easily. Again, I'd, I'd say that. There's something we wrote in our article, and I guess it's a good time because it, it came out this afternoon. Um, and if you haven't read it, you've listened to the podcast first, it's the right order. But one advice I would share is a lot of people dropped players last week to follow the advice that we're kind of giving you here. Handcuffs, high upside plays, um, gambling a little bit, and dropped very safe players. Yep. So we're giving you a list of players here because we are expecting these to be very widely owned in all your leagues. So as a result just make sure you check your waiver wire because there'll be some sneaky gems on there and I would take if you've got for example a very sneaky gem on there definitely take them over the players that we've got on this list we've gone for a very widely available list yeah I think one of the key things in championship and semi-final weeks is consistency will win the day there'll be players that go off and then but you know if you're going to play against the Derek Henry or an Amari Cooper that is not going to happen every week you were just unlucky if that snarled you up last week yeah I agree a wide receiver, I've got Jordy Nelson. Uh, I hate this, absolutely hate this, but Oakland are now sort of relevant. And <laughs> you can play him as a flex. He's had 16 receptions and 145 yards in the last two weeks. It's, you know They take on the Bengals, like we mentioned with Carr, and if Nelson is going to be their go-to wide receiver, there's worse out there. It's not my best shout, and I just thought I'd plug him in because it's Jordy Nelson. My next one is Dante Pettis. He's only still 45% owned. I just don't understand how that's so low. I got him in quite a lot of places last week. Yeah. Um, Very helpful. Yeah. I, just, I didn't actually have the bravery to start him last week. I'll be honest. He's out so, on the bench. But I won both of those games, so I don't mind. I've started him in one league for the last two weeks. And I've won because of him both weeks. Yeah. Um, in, his three, in his last three games, he scored 255 yards. I mean, that's a decent return for somebody you're going to be playing in your flex. He was good against the Seahawks two weeks ago, and he was available in three of my four dynasty leagues. Uh, he was. I hope my waiver claims are processed. <laughs> I just, yeah, I think he's probably my favourite wide receiver ad this week. I go in a slightly different uh, direction for my favourite ad, and mine's Curtis Samuel. I think I mentioned last week. Um, four for 80 in Carolina's loss to the Browns, and that's uh, his fourth game in five of 80 yards or a touchdown. So, again, I'm looking at safe floors and thinking if I'm going to plug someone in. I need to know they're going to have a relatively good floor, which Samuel does. He's very much the um, the target wide receiver. I like DJ Moore too, but Samuel for me is, is vastly under-owned at 30%. Yeah, massively. And he's getting more targets than Moore. And Cam is really struggling to get that ball down the thro- uh, down down the line and, uh, and pick out big plays. So you're getting people like McCaffrey and Samuel and my tight end ad. Um, uh, sorry, breaking news. The Vikings have just fired offensive coach Don Filippo. Filippio. Filippio. Yeah, he's gone. Wow, they were talking about him being a candidate for the um, for the Browns job. There, there was a lot of talk. He's a very highly touted. That's a shock. Di Filippo is, is deemed to be a very, very progressive coach. Well, he's gone. <laughs> wow, that's a shock. Second time today, Murph is uh, speechless. Yeah, they don't talk about him being a, a head coaching candidate. In well, now season. he's free to take the job. Yeah, but I don't think you get it on the back of it. I don't know. Interesting. Shock. Yeah. So I also have Taylor Gabriel and Anthony Miller as a double up in Chicago. Both receivers were extremely quiet on Sunday night, but against a Packers team in Week 15 who give up the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers, I just think you can play either of them well. They're different. Gabriel's got a slightly higher PPR floor. <laughs> And he sees more red zone threat. Red zone threat. He is the red zone threat of the team compared to Miller. Miller's more of a safety sort of blanket between the 20s and will get you yardage, depending on whether you're standard or PPR. But I think you can add either of them in your flex this week. I think, for me, the person I'd be looking at on top on wide receivers is uh, Deshaun Hamilton of your famous Broncos. Mm-hmm. So Keenum is making a point of relying on slot receivers and he did Which so with Hamilton. Yeah, he's done massively with Sanders throughout the whole year. So 47 yards and a touch over seven catches. Uh, a lot of people will be wondering why I've not put Tim Patrick in here since he led the team in targets. I just think that slot receiver production for me is only going to go up from where that is. Again, I'm looking at players, safe floors. I feel pretty comfortable if I needed a flex play. 
um, someone who's going to return me, you know, eight eight to fifteen points. I think Hamilton is the guy that will get me there. So, and I think Cortland Sutland, if he's fit, he's going to get schemed out in a lot of games. The Niners schemed him out when he was on the field. So, I think it's going to be more open space for Hamilton to take advantage. Yeah. Case Keenan didn't throw an interception. Now that's five weeks in a row he hasn't thrown an interception. That's what happens when you only throw the ball. Like, what's his average yard per attempt? Uh, can't tell you that, but he only threw 186 yards. If you're not throwing the ball very far, it definitely reduces the chances. doesn't matter, he's not throwing them enough. Come no, on. that's fair. Um, I'll start with tight end. It's the same as last week, Ian Thomas. So uh, a couple of podcasts were very nice to use the same joke I did about Ian Thomas only being owned by his mum. Uh, and his cousin last week um, <laughs> so cheers uh, Jack and a couple of others of you that used that line uh, 16% owned now so he's either his family is all in on him and have owned him <laughs> everywhere or some people like myself have chosen to believe in Ian Thomas wow. he, is, he is the future um, so he got 11 targets and 9 grabs for 77 yards so again you're talking about that 7 to 10 point range you want off a pickup on the waiver wire for your tight end happy with that um, he's going to continue with Newton being busted up. Um, he, he, you know, he's going to keep getting targets. The Saints is a tough matchup, but Cameron Brake did score twice. twice. Um, and listen, this position is thinner than wafer thin deli ham. So <laughs> and no if, one likes that. No one likes that. So pick him up, and he will be a good play in the next two weeks for sure. Yeah, uh, I am not mentioning Chris Herndon this week. I've done it enough. Didn't have a great week. Who? It doesn't no, stop saying who. I think there's more breaking news. Ooh. No, it's not. It's just Max trying to convince me to move over to Fab in our dynasty league. Nice. Vernon Davis is my tight end of the week. Jordan Reed, like I mentioned earlier, I don't think he plays again this season. And the tight end's a pretty reliable position for Mr. Johnson over at the Redskins <laughs> or Sanchez. Whoever's throwing will target the tight end. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if. If Ian Thomas and his family haven't snapped him up all over the world, then I would take him over Vernon Davis. <laughs> uh, we mentioned earlier Anthony Frisker, Tennessee Titans. Jono Smith is out with an MCL, aforementioned. <laughs> Frisker is now the starting tight end. Uh, it's not going to be massively fantasy relevant, but he has caught all of his 16 targets for 201 yards. So if you need a tight end too, then let's face it, most tight ends are a number two. He could. There's worse out there. Absolutely. Uh, DSTs yep Buffalo Bills 51% owned now the fantasy numbers were pretty poor against the Jets but they forced the ball over turned the ball over sorry twice and only gave up 27 points but they did not sack Sam Darnold which is surprising because Buffalo have been sacking people for fun recently uh, Darnold moved well in the pocket though on Sunday really well he had a very good game he, yeah I, I think they won it at the end didn't they went for it on fourth down had yeah. to because they were behind by more than a field goal, and Donald found Robbie Anderson after flushed out the pocket, but he looked really good on his return. But they take on the Lions, who are pretty poor, tame, timid, punchless. I don't know what else to say. They won't have a carry on Johnson playing. He's been ruled out already. They don't have anyone to throw to. Matt Stafford isn't throwing the ball. You've got Kenny Golladay, but Yeah, but that's it. And Buffalo Bills have been pretty good on D. I also have the Giants. Have you got them as well? No, I went the other way. I picked the, picked the Lions. I just think if you can stop Josh Allen, yep. then they haven't got a run game and they haven't got that many great receivers, say Jones maybe. But and McKenzie, we mentioned him earlier. Isaiah yeah, McKenzie. McKenzie might line up in the slot. But uh, I like the Lions in this play. Um, I just think they've got the ability to stop the run potentially. Um, at least stop it for everyone, but maybe Josh Allen. Josh Allen will extend plays. Um, Josh Allen will get points. I just don't think he's an actual match winner, although he has won a couple, but consistently I can't see him doing it I think the Lions will rebound this week and I can see them picking up the W and think the D will put up somewhere in a region of maybe 7 to 10 points I think they get to Allen I think they put him on the on the ground I don't hate that I've also got the Giants they're only 29% owned which I is like mad because they're suddenly a pick 6 machine it's turned on at the right time with Eli Manning throwing less TDs than OBJ who was out injured last week they're not going to take on Mark Sanchez so they don't have that luxury, but they are taking on Marcus Mariota, who's turned the ball over ten times this season. And at twenty nine percent, I don't think you can argue with a DST to stream at this point. No, I agree. Um, if a lot of you followed my um, advice and kept the Titans, they're not a bad pick uh, against the on, Giants. On the Giants, yeah, I don't hate OBJ that. Either. might not be out. 
um, and they've got a great matchup. No doubt, no doubt. Murph, let's have some stats from the streets, brother. Cool. What we are going to do, sorry, mate, we're going to leave winners and losers till Thursday just because we're going to run over. Nice. Well, we'll do that. So, do Murph on the streets. So, no player in Super Bowl era has rushed for 200-plus yards and 40 Ds on 20 or fewer carries. Derek Henry did both on 13 carries. He also, for his 54-yard touchdown ran, run, he reached 21.74 miles per hour, which is the fastest speed by a ball carrier on a touchdown run this season. So, rapid. I didn't know he was that quick. I know he's quick. Massive as well. Yeah. He is massive. So, like, to get that fast... That's quite a shock. Yeah. Um, Julio Jones became the first player in NFL history with 1,400 receiving yards in five straight seasons. He leads the league in receiving. Jones is also tied with Marvin Harrison uh, with 1,400 receiving yards from 1999. Or he was tied from 1990 to 2002, so four straight. So he's passed him. And uh, Joe Philbin, uh, those of you that didn't hear last week, has stepped in to take the job at the Packers. He is the challenge champion. He used both his challenges in the first one minute and four seconds of the game. No, he didn't. He really did. I think he must have had a a conversation with Aaron Rodgers. And they've talked before the game. And Aaron's like, look, mate, I've got this. Um, If you could just challenge a couple of just innocuous plays, nothing really significant, (laughs) maybe some yardage calls or something in the first minute, and you can get yourself off and have a bath. Um, And I think that's just what Joe Philbin did. So, yeah, unbelievable to challenge (laughs) That's just a waste of the first minute of a game. It just doesn't make any sense. So, since 1999, when teams gained the ability to challenge, that is the fastest instance of a team using both of their challenges ever. I can't ever see that being broken. I don't think anyone's going to do more than that. Well, that doesn't surprise me that it's now the fastest ever, within a minute and four seconds. <laughs> After you've thrown the flag, if you throw it too far, it'll take you a minute to go and get it. That's what I mean. It's just, that's just crazy. <laughs> Unless he's, like, double flagging. <laughs> so we can throw two. Yeah. <laughs> he's got one of those cannon guns. <laughs> A t-shirt gun I um, challenge you <laughs> <laughs> I just love that stat I was like, I'm, in, I'm having that and uh, James De- Devlin the uh, Patriot running back killer so he continues to break fantasy football players hearts unless you have him and why would you kudos Devlin has four running two, four rushing touchdowns in his last four games in his previous 74 career games he had one one Belichick once again proving that he hates all of you Every single one of you who owns Tony Michelle and James White. Rex Burkhead. Rex Burkhead. He hates you all by continuing to ram James flipping Devlin down your throat. I luckily don't have shares in many of those players, but it is terrible. Stop it. Now. (laughs) Yeah, Bill. Stop it. Stop it. If you take one thing from this podcast, Bill, yeah, stop it. Fair play. That was good, Murph. I enjoyed that. The challenge one is the best. Yeah, we'll leave winners and losers till Thursday pod after our interview, which pretty excited about. Yeah, definitely. can't lie. Uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is. I'm going to make you wait till Thursday. But he's pretty big in the world of fantasy, I would say. I would say so. And he's a stand-up guy as well. Stand-up guy, big fan of his, and yeah, just cannot cannot wait. It's going to be exciting, and we cannot wait to get him on board. Cannot wait to talk to him. More importantly, cannot wait to share with you the fruits of that. Yeah, so don't forget, guys, the Christmas special on Christmas Day episode is coming out on Christmas Day. Murph and I are not going to be recording on Christmas Day. We are not that hardcore yet. One day we, we will uh, have a fan, we'll have a football Sunday and we will record on a Sunday for you. But that day is not quite yet. Um, come at us on Twitter. It's at 5 Yard Rush about the Christmas Day special. There is going to be a giveaway. We are giving away an Andro Sandejo shirt. There's going to be a hidden hashtag in the Christmas Day show. It's a good one. We've come up with it already. and We're going to have to spell it out as yeah, well. Yeah, we will because it's difficult, but it's it's pretty special. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be good fun. And we've got some amazing people on board um, from other podcasts. So we're sticking with the theme of Christmas. We wanted to share some of our friends. And we've got some friends, old and new, that we've brought on just to have a little chat. And it we had a lot of fun. We've recorded them all already. We had great fun doing that. We're going to put some other content in here, in there, and we might even try and get some week seventeen waiver wire news in there somehow. Possibly um, for those of you that are silly enough to be playing in a league that has a week seventeen uh, fixture, which is crazy. Yeah, this and will be the last year you do that. Yeah, definitely. Because 
I'm sure you will probably lose. No freaking doubt. Well, Rush Nation, once again, it's been an absolute killer Tuesday show. Murph and I are going to bounce. Murph, it's been, you know, a pleasure as always. I'm still speechless on the shirt, mate. I'm really, well, you know, really touched. I, li- I like to touch people's heartstrings. You, you've definitely done that. And, uh, and it's Christmas. It is indeed. And I look forward to the interviews and look forward to spending more time in the studio. And we've got just so much going on. Um, I, I, there's a bit of sadness that it's all going to end in a couple of weeks. Don't, don't mention it. Don't mention it. Fantasy football is still alive for two weeks. Murph and I will see you on the other side of our semi-final in Dynasty. Yes. But until Thursday, Rush Nation, keep rushing. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.